Welcome to the We Serve podcast of Government Policy, Real Estate, and You. I'm Liz Recchia, Government Affairs Director for the West Valley, Pinal, and Douglas chapters of the We Serve Association of Realtors. And today we have part two of a special podcast interview with Cheryl Covert and Aaron White from the City of Avondale Economic Development Department. Avondale and the surrounding West Valley cities are fast growing and offer opportunities for business, property owners, and residents. Today, we discuss the opportunities for business, recreation, entertainment, and other new and future amenities in Avondale. So with that comes business wants and needs, and we've already sort of highlighted some of that thought process that you've gone through. But business owners, small, large, and medium, but particularly small business owners, when they want to open a business or expand a business or bring a business into a new city, they ask some very specific questions that can be the decision maker for them. And a lot of that has to do with, is the city cooperative? Will, will they help me? I'm a small guy. I don't have a staff to do this. So will you, the city, help me find my way through your system, basically, is what it comes down to. So talk a little bit about that system of helping a business owner from the day they walk in and say, I want to do this, to the time that they can actually occupy property, whether or not they're leasing or they're purchasing ground, building or trying to rehab or occupy existing space. Yeah, so I'll, I'll actually just give a real quick example on this, and I'm sure Aaron will have some stuff to add as well um, with a lot of the work that you're doing with some of those small businesses too. But uh, so 8-Bit Ale Works, we kind of mentioned earlier, uh, Ryan tells this story, he told this story at our uh, State of the City last year, but you know he came in, shorts and a t-shirt to pay his water bill and mentioned to somebody that he was home brewing. I let the staff know, listen, if you find anyone who's brewing anything, you call me because we're interested in a brewery. Brought him into a room. Ryan will admit that he had no idea how to get started. He had this dream and that's all he had. He had a dream and a home brewing business and, and some capital. And really that's sometimes all it takes as far as the ingredients to success. And um, I sat down with him, met with him again after that with his wife, but really just started talking about, okay, these are the next steps we need to take. We line them up for him, what, what he has to do to get to the liquor license board, what he needs to do locally for the city. Um, we did a site selection for him that really kind of helped with with CoStar and looking at what available sites there were in the city and where he wanted to be as far as his main attraction and population grab, what were his parameters of needs when he was actually brewing and setting up his setup. So once we did that and we were able to identify with him, then we kind of helped him with, as he was talking to the the developer or the, the owner of the center that he ended up locating it, you know, he's, he's coming back and saying, well, what kind of tenant improvements do I need? And what should I look at? And this is what the rent is. Is that going rent? Is that... So sometimes it's really just us kind of helping to facilitate and align them with the right people and and giving them the tools to success, you know? And really that's what we are. We're connectors. We are a toolbox. And we have many, many different tools that we pull from and give it to them. Ryan, you know, the city didn't, didn't give any kind of incentives for him other than just helping him through that process. But I mean, everything from hand holding him down at our counter for over-the-counter permits. Um, he wanted to do a patio later on as his business grew. And, you know, we worked with him through that. It wasn't just a cut and paste kind of kind of thing, but we really kind of went out and just walked him through that process. So 
I think at the end of the day, we all remember that we're people Mm -hmm. and um, we just need to communicate as such, you know, and just really be responsive. I think Avondale is known for its responsiveness. Um, In the market, I hear that we have the quickest turnaround times for plans um, and review time schedules. And I think that that bodes very well for us, as well as our fees were recently looked at, you know, so I know that we are competitive in that arena. Mm -hmm. And but I think what really our differentiation factor is within our sister communities and around the valley is our secret sauce is our people, our team. And I know it sounds so elementary, um, but and maybe, you know, but but it really is the truth. And that's what we hear co- time and time again with our businesses. The meadery was no different at a small business summit, which Aaron's going to talk about in a minute. They came up to us and said, you know, we've been trying to go to these other cities. Nobody's calling us. We can't get anything back. And we handheld them through the whole process. And then a few months later, they were opening, they were opening their doors. So I think that's really, it's, it, again, it sounds so simplistic, but it really is just coming down to the human element of responsiveness and communication. Well, so the incentive is a valuable incentive, and that is come talk to us and we will guide you through this process, not just here at Avondale, but you're talking about getting a liquor license from the state. Precisely. Which people don't even know where that application is, let alone how to start doing that process. So that ability to help them just with the the basic processes, nowhere where it takes them, whether it's a state or local, is very valuable. That is an incentive. That's a very valuable incentive for them. And Liz, you, sorry, Aaron, Liz, you also mentioned, you know, what do you do once they're in the door? Mm -hmm. And I think retaining that business and helping them market and be successful Mm -hmm. and getting those tools is just as critical. And so Aaron can talk about how we do that. Yeah, I really, we we always tell people, if you're thinking about opening a business in Avondale, come talk to us, Mm -hmm. talk to Cheryl or myself or someone else on our team. And and part of that team that we have, uh, it's not just city staff, it's our partnerships that we have. We, we partner with the Small Business Development Center at Australia Mountain Community College. And a story I, I like to share is one that probably most of your listeners have been to is Colados, mm-hmm. who recently opened a, a new location in Goodyear. Mm-hmm. And they were one of the first graduates from a business uh, accelerator program through Local First Arizona. And we are a, a proud sponsor of an Avondale cohort who is graduating these small businesses every, uh, every about six months. Wow. And so a group of 12 folks go through this program and then hopefully are able to expand or, or locate their, their business. And Colados did that and we see the great success that they've had with their first location on Indian School in 107th, now in Goodyear. Uh, and, and in central Phoenix. And so, you know, really what it, it, perhaps people aren't ready to go through the city process. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they need help with a business plan or they need help with capital right. or they need help getting in touch with a broker mm-hmm. that can help them find a, a real estate uh, offering that fits their needs. We, we love to be that conduit of partnerships and, and information. And then, and then will you talk a little bit about Fuerza Local, the local first? Because yeah. it is a Spanish-speaking uh, accelerator program that I think is a bit unique mm. in the sense of the Spanish-speaking entrepreneurs entering into that Anglo market. Yeah, I, it, it's a tremendous program. Uh, you know, local first has, has been in the state for a long time. But they do have this, this Spanish-speaking program specifically. So over six months, these new or or recently new businesses, I'll, I'll call them, uh, go through a very intense and training, uh, intensive training program 
And not only do they have experts that come in and teach them everything from business planning to legal documentation uh, and marketing, things like that, that a small business needs, but they also have uh, a money pool where they have to pay a portion of their money into this money pool uh, every, every month. And then also they get a portion of that money pool back. And what's so cool is that at the end of the program, then they have a credit history that they can use at, uh, at a local credit union or a bank that will recognize it and be able to get a, a, a business line of credit. Creating the alternative line of credit, which Absolutely. is so important. And fortunately, that's becoming a more popular way of looking at things. People who actually just have the ability to pay for or and then pay back yep. what they need. That's terrific. That's yeah. very helpful. For those folks. Very, yeah. very helpful. So great program. Uh, they meet once uh, once a week at the Sam Garcia Library on Western Avenue, and we, we look forward to continuing nice. that program. And and as Cheryl was saying, as we work with work with our, our local businesses, uh, we have a, a great business retention program where we go out and we knock on doors and we try to keep contact with our local businesses and you know, say we're we, we want to help you. What are your concerns? What are your issues? And how can we how can we support you be successful? And uh, so, so if you own a local business in Avondale, look out. We just might uh, <laughs> might come knock on your door. Say hi. That's exactly right. That's terrific. And part of what you have also, I don't know if people realize that they can go onto your website and they can see some sites that are available, real estate sites with a broker attached to it. So you do work very closely with that commercial real estate community to make sure that. And, and whether I don't know how up-to-date that site is, if you keep it up-to-date on a weekly basis or something like that. But in the end, you guys are going to know, talking to you personally, you're going to know what just happened 10 minutes ago. So if a broker just said, hey, I've got this new site up, so it's really that's a good place to go to get an idea. But I would definitely say call and talk to a person because you're going to know what just happened 10 minutes ago, and that's not going to happen on a website. Well, right? and Liz, you mentioned the website. I have to make a comment here. We have our brand new standalone economic development website launching today. Wow. Today. So how serendipitous is that? But for your listeners out there, you actually can go to our new website that'll be launched today. It's advanceavondale.com. Okay. And that website will actually have CoStar listings up to date. So if anything wow. is updated in CoStar, it'll be updated directly on our website. You can download brochures, you can get contact information. We're really trying to make it a one-stop shop so that those that are on the go and in need of instant information, if it happens to be after hours or whatever, even though our cell phones are on the website mm-hmm. and always available, um, but you know, you just want your own information, you can get it there. Yes. Oh, that's fantastic. So for those who don't know, CoStar is a basically a commercial listing platform that I'd say 99.9% of all commercial agents are used for both lease and purchase type of property. So it's definitely the resource that you want to have. That's amazing. That's exciting, too. You can have real-time information. So um, we sort of touched already on the housing, some of the housing in our larger developments that are coming. But along with the overall economic development comes the, the need for employment. We have in Avondale, we've had, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, we continue to have a lot of infill housing projects, projects that had been platted, and then the crash came, and they just sat there. Uh, and then now, and it's been, it's been the last two or three years in particular that I've seen the infill projects really take off. You already have several that have happened, but 
there are some pretty large projects that are no longer what I would call infill. It's like the development is coming back to life. Uh, <laughs> and they're not, and they don't even have to be nearly the huge ones either. They're smaller subdivisions. So talk a little bit about the type of housing units that we will be seeing in the next five years. Are we going to get a balance of the rental and also the purchase available and what that price range for both renters as well as purchasers of property looks like for housing? Yeah, I think um, so. Some of the infill projects that you were talking about, the phantom type developments that were existing. One of those uh, larger ones is Del Rio, which is down south. That continues to develop today. Again, that location is essentially El Mirage and Lower Buckeye. Also, we have Roosevelt Park that that was a phantom lot that that got finished out by Madame and is now building across the street with the Madame development on Van Buren and 107th. So that development, there's many new model homes that are open there now. And so uh, it's a gated community and it's going to be done very, very nicely. So we're excited about that. In the future, I think we talked about a couple of urban style apartment residentials. I think we're going to we're going to see a little bit of that primarily focused in the boulevard area. We're not going to open that up all around the city. It's going to be very mm-hmm. focused and, and strategic on that placement. We may see one of the single story for rent product that you're seeing around okay. the valley. Council's been very strategic on that, though, and not really knowing what the future lies for those for those type of units. Mm-hmm. And so we've been we've been taking a little wait and see game um, okay. on that. However, the boulevard would be the area that we would see that development in the mm-hmm. future. Aaron, do you want to talk a little bit about rents in the area and kind of what we're seeing on that? And housing prices and, the, yeah. uh, you know, the, the, the variance that we're the diversification that we're trying to look at for housing stock in general. Yeah, you know, one thing I mentioned at the beginning is Avondale is a great place to live uh, because it's it's a place where young families can call home, where mm-hmm. they can buy a home. Our our uh, average home price is about two hundred thousand dollars, and we're seeing the new the new builds are coming in at uh, about that price, you know, two to three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. I think we'll see Alamar that will have uh, some price points a little above that as mm-hmm. well, but. Really, it's, it's a tremendous place for starter families to be able to get into a house. We've added a, a number of apartment complexes as well as assisted living complexes in, in, the, in the community. So really a, a nice stock of, of homes that most people can, can get into and afford. And I know the mayor, when he was visiting us, his, one of his mantras was that if you live in Avondale, you should be able to grow up get a job, get your first rental, get your first own home, and then live your life here and then eventually be able to even retire here. And if you need assisted living or something like that, you would have that. So you could actually be here the entire arc of your life and enjoy Avondale at all points of that and have some kind of housing that was adequate, comfortable, affordable for you so that it's a very it's a very livable place for the long term. No matter what your needs are as they evolve, Avondale will have something for you to evolve into. Let's talk a little bit about the single-family detached subdivisions that are rental only. So we know that we that Avondale is the third most popular city for the Luke Air Force Base personnel to, to live in. And we also know that students like to live in that. And what we've found is that you have the, the folks who are saving for their first home, but they don't want to live in an apartment anymore, but they like the amenities of an apartment. So that group of people loves that single-family detached home because they can have their own small backyard and some of them even have garages and three bedrooms, two bathrooms, whatever, and depending upon what the 
who it is that's building it, there'll be different things that they highlight as far as we have a tech package or we have great resort style amenities or whatever it is that their population that they've targeted looks at and, and values. And then the other population that we've seen a lot are that empty nester who's not sure what they want to do, where what they want to do as far as their next house goes yet. Or and sometimes they're looking and they're trying to decide what they need for retirement savings versus a house. And so they just need a year or two sort of figure out that part of their life now the kids have left and it's a new phase. So making decisions as very similar decision making as that younger population who's just coming in and being new adults. So just that's just sort of a feedback thing for what we've seen in the marketplace of folks. It's very interesting to see some of those projects and as that model evolves to see some of the incentives with some of those uh, single family lease only subdivisions are now offering for on credits if you pay your rent on time that eventually they will finance a purchase. Oh, They'll interesting. Help you I like a purchase. that. I like that. So that I think there's a lot more as that model evolves that yeah. needs to be looked at and, and what it evolves yeah. to. And that's happening right now. So there's three of big builders of that that we're familiar with in in this West Valley and also in East Valley. And that's the Avia Homes mm-hmm. and it's BB and Christopher Todd. Mm-hmm. So those are the three big ones that we've seen coming into the marketplace. But it's kind of interesting. I will say that having watched this model as it's been in Goodyear, a surprise in a few other cities, they tend to be very specific product mix to what they think that population is. Mm-hmm. So I would just tell the council, make sure as you're looking at that, you have identified adequately to them what it is. Because I think this city is looking at things differently than other cities do. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to say this may be the population here, but you don't know. The rest of the plan is this for this area. So as you were talking about the boulevard, what you see today and what we think today, but you already mentioned you're planning for what happens in the future. There's yep. a phasing in. So I think that's important to make sure yeah. that the the builders and those type of people understand the different mindset here. Yeah, that, lock, and that lock and leave is really important too. Mm-hmm. I, we, we've got a lot of feedback on that. And so we actually presented to council um, probably about six or seven months ago now an overview of, you know, the for rent product that mm-hmm. we have or any kind of rental apartments or any mm-hmm. kind of opportunity we have here. And so um, that is when the diversification of that housing stock conversation did yeah. did come back into play and council's looking at that very strategically. So I appreciate their their finger on the pulse and, and us being able yes. to lead um, some of that uh, direction as well. But your input is just as valuable, especially for what you guys are seeing in the market. So mm-hmm. that's terrific. I, I, I think it's great that you guys are looking at in such a broad form and, yeah. and thinking ahead of what you may need in the future. That's yeah. that's very good. So let's go on to, um, let me see here. I like, I think we're going to move on to the, oh gosh, Avondale as the center of the state. We are the survey center. And for those of you who don't know, if you're down at the racetrack in Avondale and you look up at that hill that's on the western end, at the top of that hill is the survey marker for the state of Arizona except for the Navajo Nation which has their own survey marker. So we are the center of the state, which is awesome. (laughs) We are at the confluence of the Agua Fria and the Salt and the Gila River, um, which is what you see on that legal description. So this area is known as the Tres Rios, the the three rivers. Certainly, uh, Avondale has every March, they have the festival down at Tres Rios, which is wonderful. If you haven't been there, go do that. It's wonderful. And for the community at large, I know there's a lot of people who just love to go down there and they fish, they hang out, they just enjoy the day down there. 
But over time, we know that's going to change. And we know that because as part of the Rio Reimagined project, that obviously is, these rivers are part of that long from, from what we think of as Tempe all the way through up to Buckeye. So when we had the county out about a year ago to talk about the replanting and the flood mitigation along the rivers that they were trying to do, putting in native plants rather than the the ones that just suck up all the water. The salt cedars. Yeah, mm-hmm. those things are terrible. Mm-hmm. Invasive, very invasive. So they're talking about that replanting and how it was helping. I touched base with them, and they're doing a second phase and putting some other plants into the mix that they hope will help. But there's also that real reimagine, which is the development of that river. Last that we heard on the west side of that, our end of it, communities are looking less at the tall glass buildings like what Tempe did, and more of an amenity for the surrounding communities, recreation, that type of thing. So can you talk a little bit about Avondale's thoughts, plans, interactions concerning that? Yeah. So you mentioned Rio Reimagine. We've been highly engaged with with all of that. Uh, our, our area of Trace Rios is a huge riparian area. Mm-hmm. Bird watching, linking of those trails is really critical to ensure the success in the future of this area as well for those avid hikers and bikers. Mm-hmm. And then we also look at regional collaboration with some of our partners, including Wildlife for Tomorrow, State Game and Fish, Leave No Trace, all of these partners really ensure that as we continue to develop and build down there, that we that we ensure the the, the future and longevity of that nature and um, the foundational elements that were built. You mentioned that in the East Valley by Tempe, you know, the state farm buildings and the big glass buildings, you know, Tempe Town Lake is built obviously in a college town right off of the 202 freeway with that frontage. I don't think that we don't know exactly what the future will hold completely south in this area. But what we do know is that it probably won't look similar to Tempe Town Lake. But with that being said, we do think that there could be a potential of resorts down there one day. I know when I was in Buckeye, we were even talking about that. Um, Some of the challenges when you get further west to the Buckeye area is the water table is simply so high that you would literally build something and it would float away. I mean, that's that's being (laughs) that's being a bit descriptive there. But what I'm saying is um, the city has done some really strategic initiatives with our Estrella Mountains in the background Mm -hmm. there, backdropping ISM and this area of Trace Rios. And so we uh, recently are working with the Gila River Indian community to gain access, this little piece of land that we need to have access to that Estrella Mountain um, area. And that could include, you know, resort in the future. We're working on our 2020 general plan coming up this next year. And so we'll look a little bit more deeper into that as an opportunity. But um, we're really looking to preserve this area and use it for what it was really foundationally built for, which is more of that recreational use. Well, I'll tell you, when they when the county was there presenting that that general idea, that got a big round of of applause. Yeah, People yeah, like yeah. the idea of it being a nice recreation and a, a true amenity to yes. the West Valley for yes. everyone. So that was a, a great applause getter. And then you mentioned going south. I don't think people really realize that Avondale goes south on the <laughs> other side of the mountains. Yes. So what is the city's thoughts about that area? Are we ever going to link it or is it going to become sort of a little outpost, its own little place? Has, what's the future for that? Look yeah, like? we're, we're really not sure, Liz. I, I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, we're very much keeping an eye on that, though. We The idea that we kind of have right now is to make those larger lot 
diversified housing options as well mm -hmm. so that you can get some some larger homes out there that are some of our CEOs mm -hmm. and maybe physicians can sure. live in and and have that as an option um, but the 2020 general plan update will really address that pretty oh, specifically good. so stay tuned I guess I would say for that exactly right. so usually when the cities have their general plan which is every 10 years yep. they have to revamp that thing they have public meetings so that members of the public can come in, see the proposed plans, give their input, and I imagine you're going to be having those. So should we should be we be looking at your economic development, your new economic development website for yes. those public meetings. Yes, news will be released there. We'll have stakeholder meetings. It's okay. very publicly involved um, because we don't do anything here in a bubble. You know, mm -hmm. we want to ensure that the marketability and the future development is in alignment with what you know, is, is available in the market. So we really encourage that and in, in, in input from those out there. So that'll be available on our website. Great. Yeah, and, and a great way to stay up to date with what's happening uh, in Avondale is go to our website and sign up for, through our city clerk's office and you can get the agenda for the city council meetings sent to you. And you know, you'll see those public hearings and know what's happening in all of these subdivisions that are being built as well as, as a longer range plan. Yes, and very easy doing. to access very easy. The, the agenda and to see past agendas as well. That's very easy. And to see the minutes of those things. And I, there's a video component there too. So if there you want to watch it in, in <laughs> past real life, you can do that as well. So a great resource. So when we're talking about some of these, these future developments, one of the things that we have is, and it's been here for a while is clients who say, I don't want to be part of an HOA, but everything's an HOA. Is there, Right now, if I am in Avondale, particularly if I go to Southern Avondale, I can find property and houses that are not HOAs. But as this development increases, that's going to be reduced. Are there any plans for the city to maintain that traditional non-HOA area for people to live in? So I, I think you, you hit on the key point is when you get to Southern Avondale, mm -hmm. uh, really as, as we look at our historic neighborhoods, so mm -hmm. it's the Cashin neighborhood, mm -hmm. Las Ligas, and then Old Town or historic Avondale. Uh, the city has really been proactive in encouraging infill in those neighborhoods. Uh, in fact, we have an infill incentive program mm -hmm. uh, for those neighborhoods that uh, takes a 50% reduction off of building and planning permit fees as well as impact fees wow. for, uh, for new home construction or, or commercial construction as well as renovations. So it's a, it's a great way if somebody doesn't want to live in, in an HOA area yes. uh, but can, can build a home, look at some empty lots uh, in, those, in those neighborhoods, we have a tremendous incentive there. To, uh, to, to help make that happen. Uh, as we look outside of those areas, though, generally speaking, we'll, we'll look at master planned mm -hmm. communities, and, and that's just what's, that's what's driving the market currently. Right. So as we look at Avondale, I-10 runs through them. We have North and South, which I know the mayor hates it when you refer to it as North and South. <laughs> Avondale, he wants it all to be Avondale, I, I, and I totally understand. And it is in a lot of ways. And as we start developing some of these areas, like you were talking about the boulevard, and then on the other side of the freeway is the medical facilities and the jobs. So as we start linking that, um, then I think Avondale will become just more Avondale. People won't refer it. But so while we have a moment here, talk about some of those efforts to fulfill that vision that it'll be just one Avondale and we won't keep referring to it as North and South Avondale. 
How is that working with your department? Yeah, we have trails that are um, currently, so Aaron had kind of mentioned our industrial area, which is over by the Coldwater um, Depot Logistics Center. And we are actually working on a trail to go under I-10 and connect up with Friendship Park on the other side. So sometimes those natural connectors create a, a connection in general that just starts taking people um, philosophically to a whole rather than the separation. And I don't think it's necessarily anything within that the community on the north side is different than the community on the south. It's literally just the bifurcation of I-10 creates that, right? So it's a natural barrier that just mm-hmm. you could typically divide things up into. But I think as we continue to develop and, and fill in that development from the fields to businesses and to structures, you really won't notice that. I mean, it'll be like any other city where, you know, there's just, it. it's a continuation. Aaron, would you like yeah. to add anything else to yeah, that? And, and the city years ago adopted our freeway corridor mm-hmm. specific plan that encourages a more dense development along the freeway. And that's why you'll see the city of Avondale is very strategic about what is what is developed along this corridor to make sure that Avondale is unique and, and different from its other West Valley communities in that this area along I-10 will be a destination north, mm-hmm. south, and regionally. I mean, so... We're excited to continue to see that development as the West Valley grows. Well, and it's nice to hear the thoughtfulness about we, we know that there's a there's a trail. That means people could either walk, bike, whatever it is they need to do to get up to. And Friendship Park is a huge asset to this community. Because there are cities who've never thought about that, and they actually ended up just making that bifurcation a permanent thing. Yeah. And in the same city, people never crossed the other side of the freeway. That recognition that if you want people to be one, you have to make the pathways for them to be one in lots of different ways. So that's very important. Yeah, continuity is critical. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we continue to hear, it's not just Avondale, but it's the West Valley, and you've touched on this a bit, was the wants that people want. Um, and, And some of them is... Industry will not will not does not know that that want is here yet, or I think that the economics are here yet to support their businesses models. So some of the things that we hear are, I am tired of having to go shopping at a, a Macy's or that type of store, and I have to go to Arrowhead or I have to go to Scottsdale or I have to go to Chandler. They're at different about what fifteen years ago before the crash, there were plans for a true shopping center. Surprise had one, and then Goodyear had one where we had traditional types of shopping. People go in and then in a shopping center. The shopping center market doesn't want to build that anymore. But that doesn't mean the need here isn't there. And we certainly have, not just now, but you can see in the future, increasing incomes for people who would like to shop in those type of places. Do we have any kind of vision about what that might look like to accommodate those type of things? When we hear, and we hear about on the food side of the fence, we always hear about Trader Joe's, <laughs> Whole Foods, those yes, type of things. Yes. But then also, also hear about the, de- the more of the nicer department store type of thing yeah. rather than the, the larger big box, which we have quite a bit of. And it's certainly you. I, I, those things are busy all the time. But is there an opportunity for us to expand to that next level? Yeah, so I think you've touched on a couple of things is um, the retail market in and of itself has vastly changed. Um, The psychographic of the shopper has changed. 
Um, we, as, as a shopper as a whole, I'll say, um, the trend has been going more and more online, especially with the soft goods, Macy's, Nordstrom, even Nordstrom Rack on a, on a more standalone level, which is something you would think we could get out here is really pulling back right now and saying they're looking at their analytics of their online shopping versus their Mm in-store and they're finding more success online. And so I think you're going to, we're going to struggle with that as we move into the future still as well. So on the big box kind of departmental stores, that is going to be a vastly changing environment that we, we, we've all been a contributor to that Mm -hmm. change, right? So we have to kind of take responsibility for that now and understand that that brick and mortar concept is just going to go a little bit more virtual. However, with that being said, the Trader Joe's and the grocery offerings has continued to be a highlighted conversation. I think in the Southwest Valley, there's been a very, very strong, diligent pull on trying to get those types of facilities out here. Unfortunately, Liz, you know, what happens oftentimes with a lot of these corporate users, they look at analytics that's happening either in Southern California, Chicago, wherever their corporate offices are located, and um, not really taking into account the boots on the ground concepts. So I think Goodyear's done a a great job. I'll I'll give them credit. I know Surprise did a phenomenal job with Costco Mm -hmm. and doing a whole campaign around that. It's important to first understand the company that you're going after Mm-hmm. And what what feeds them, what what excites them, what information is actually going to draw them into you. So first, understanding that element is really right. critical because if you do a campaign that doesn't that doesn't attract them in any way, you might be almost hurting yourself. So it's really critical that you understand the company concept and how they function. And then getting to the right people is the second step. And so ensuring that you have those relationships and communication with constant feeding. Um, of your demographics, your area, the wants of your community, whether that be through a resident survey, um, any kind of petitioning, whatever that might be. Um, so that's more of the grassroots level. Mm-hmm. But on the higher end, also looking at you know those household incomes and how can you take the data of your city and tell the story to them. So use the data in a way that maybe they hadn't looked at it before to tell the story, to encourage that type of business to come. And then getting a developer behind it and creating that entire package as a holistic approach is really the next step to finalize that product. Um, And help them envision what it would look like. And maybe that's even getting to an architectural drawing and really putting some some money behind it or some effort behind it to say, this is the square footage of your building, this is exactly how it fits, and these are the successes that the other businesses in this area have found. Mm -hmm. So that they know that when they come here that there is a line of success for them. And so I really think those are the keys to our success. We've done that with Barrio Queen, we've done that with Portillo's, um, even main, even um, Mountainside Fitness. And so, and main event, I mean, these are, if you look in the West Valley in general, I mean, you know, Goodyear's always talking about it with oregano. It's their number one oregano. Mm-hmm. Our islands restaurant out here, believe it or not, is like the number one islands in, Cali- wow. in uh, Arizona. Our our main event is in their portfolio, the, one of the number one performing uh, main events. So we have a community here that is willing to spend the money and has the disposable income. Um, and I think the buying power, Center Hoffman at Westmark is always talking about the buying power of the West Valley is so incredible that we tend to forget about that. You can't look at that on a, on a data perspective if you're a company in Southern California or Chicago. So it's really critical that we're telling that story in our campaigning to them and that that package includes that. And I know that our commercial as well as our residential um, brokers and agents they try to put that in perspective on the housing side of the fence. We have a variety of housing. We have more. You that's the plant. You just can't see it yet. It'll be here soon. <laughs> <It's pretty laughs> the dirt's going up soon. 
Uh, and the in, so the wide range of abilities, the income, we still, even people here in the metro area still view us as not having much going on. In fact, sometimes it, I feel like I need to say, and we have indoor plumbing and lights. It's all here. <laughs> yeah. We got it all. Um, because they just don't yeah. realize what's out here and what is going on. And the huge range of incomes. Yeah. One of the data points that we provided for the, the MAG folks was that information. Look at that huge range. Mm. We have people who can afford luxury homes and they will build or buy that. And then we have folks who are starting out and they need an economical new rental that, that they can go into and live and it's a one bedroom and that's fine for their needs and fine for their budget right now yeah. and everything in between. And I just don't think people understand the, the income range yeah. or what that is. So that's one of the things we try to do is put that data into context right. so they understand what the real life is. So I appreciate that you're doing that because that is absolutely key is you can have data all day long, but if you don't know what the story behind that data is or what it's pointing you to. It's just numbers on a page. Yep. So that's terrific that you've taken that initiative and done that. It's very helpful for all of us in the end to do that. So I want to ask you before we go, Avondale, okay, I live in Avondale, so I love Avondale. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, but you work here, you're helping develop it. What do you want our members to know about Avondale today and then into the future so that they can have that sort of in their mind when they're talking to either commercial or residential clients. Yeah. Avondale is a city that um, prides itself on the historical roots in which it was built upon. And, and really it's the farming community, but it's taken such a different shape in today and into the future. And so we are a community that is inclusive, not exclusive. And I think that that's something that we celebrate in this area. We're going to continue to build this great city for you and all the residents that come here in the future. We listen to our people. We work for our people. And um, I think we really take grassroots efforts to ensure that we're, we're bringing them what they want. We're not building a city that the economic development team thinks should be here in the future. We're building a city that our residents have told us that they want. And so we never turn away any good ideas. We're always open to comments and new suggestions. And this is going to be a city that we are going to bring you home to work. We're going to increase your quality of life, your time with your family, and bringing those employment centers here. And we're dedicated to that. That is what keeps us up at night and keeps us keeps us going, is really making sure that um, that, that holistic approach to economic development is taking place here in Avondale and will continue into the future. And I think, to, to wrap it up, go back to what we talked about at the beginning. It, it comes down to our people. If you look at our mayor, our city council, they are tremendous leaders who are very involved in our community and really do want what's best for the long-range future of our community. They're able to have that vision, and, and it's exciting as staff to be able to put that vision uh, into action every day. And love for your listeners and, and members to know that we're accessible. Cheryl has said it many times. Our cell phone numbers are on the website. We're available day and night on the weekends. We're here to, to be of assistance mm -hmm. to agents, to brokers, to new businesses. We, we want you to be successful. Great. Well, I want to thank you both for taking the time to talk to us today. I love all that's, that you talked about, the way you function as a city, which I think is unique. And most people don't realize how easy it is to contact you and have you help them 
with any questions, but also just guide them. So that's very helpful. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate all the work you're doing to help Avondale be Avondale. Thank you, Liz. Thank you. I'm Liz Recchia. Thanks for joining me and my guest, Cheryl Covert and Aaron White from the City of Avondale's Economic Development Department. I want to thank the City of Avondale, Cheryl and Aaron for providing us this opportunity to learn more about the City of Avondale. You can access the links to information in this podcast in the show notes. We serve GAD, advocating for private property rights, the right to private contract, and your business. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.